Broadcasting from the Bet MGM Studio, it's time for Inside the Jets. Brought to you by EY, building a better world. Now, here's Bart Scott and Dan Grossa. And we welcome you to another season of Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. I'm Dan Grasso. That's former New York Jets linebacker Bart Scott. We're thrilled to be with you for another season here of Jets football. And certainly things did not go according to plan on Sunday for the green and white as they dropped the season opener 27-17 to the Buffalo Bills. A lot of things that you can point to, Bart, as to where things went wrong. But certainly on the road in the division, digging yourself a 21-0 hole in the yeah. first half is probably not the way you drew it up. Uh, definitely not the way they drew it up. And um, I think they really showed a, a lot of um, issues that we thought that we were going to see from not having any preseason. I thought early on they, their legs weren't underneath them. And really conceptually, they couldn't really realize how the Buffalo Bills were deciding to attack them on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, we know there was going to be a tough outing. I think they should have tried to establish the run a little better. Um, you know, you allowed that, that, that awesome defense that's tough to give big plays on to really, really feast early on and getting the three and outs, which I think in turn is like a trickle-down effect, right? Because what happens is if you three and out, then the defense is back out there. They can't get off the field early on on third down. They made the necessary adjustments by that time. The damage was already done. You know, you know, Marcus May did some great things. Blessing did some great things in trying to get the ball over and steal possessions. And I think that prevented the score from looking worse than what it could have been early on. I mean, we talk about the field goal. That was a field goal. That wasn't a field goal. Over the crossbar. Right, right. Yeah. I thought at first when, when, it, when, it, when the game was starting in the second half, I thought, you know what? We may be watching a microcosm or the exact story that we saw last year. You're right. When the, when the shoe Jets on the other got foot. out and shoe on the other foot and the football guys are going to throw us a bone. But it didn't work out that way. Chris Herndon with a uh, pivotal turnover. I still think that that's something that they should overturn. But we understand that when you make that call on the field, they're usually going to stick with it. I never thought that he made a football move. He bobbled it twice. And you can't have turnovers. And what happens is when you get behind the eight ball and you, and you fall behind, to get back, you have to be almost perfect and the Jets fell short of that. Yeah, and maybe not having the preseason experience, depending on how long the starters and the right. regulars were going to play anyway in the month of August, maybe still leaves a little bit of room for improvement once you get out there for real. Because, you know, you look at the offensive line, for example, yeah. right? Five new starters compared to week one in 2019. So it's one thing to go out there on the practice field right. and line up next to each other. But until you can actually simulate that game experience up against a team in Buffalo who... By and large, let's be real, most of those guys played together last year. This is a team right. that went to the postseason last year, so they were hungry, they were ready for this challenge here, and it's a good measuring stick, I think, for the Jets, and now they know what they have to work on to get to a level that I'm sure they want to strive to get to. Well, a lot of continuity, um, but, you know, some of our biggest fears, you know, were realized because we talk about soft tissue injuries, Cashman goes down early, Le'Veon on a, on a play where it would have been a touchdown. Six. You know, the, the linebacker reaches out, grabs him, Pulls a hamstring. We may be without him for a couple of weeks, but you know, opportunity to try to get him in space. I thought he did a great job and match him up against linebackers. But you know, Sam, you know, said to himself he has to be better. He missed some throws. He looked a little rusty. But that's what happens as well when you don't have a preseason where you're going against a defense that you don't know and you have to react. You know, when you go through training camp, you kind of understand what your teammates do well, what they don't do well. You start learning some of the calls that Greg makes. You start hearing the verbiage on the other side. So you cheat the drill just naturally, right? You, you should cheat the drill if you know that, okay, this guy's a blitzer. If somebody's blitzing, he's blitzing. But when you get into a game against an opponent that you haven't been going against, you don't know all those things, so you have to just react. 
and when you have to react, sometimes you don't make the right decisions. You know, I thought it was some very, very good bright spots. I thought Marcus May looked great in his debut. I thought that Becton, Makai Becton, was great. I know that you know he gave up a sack technically, but you know, I think Sam has to do a better job in climbing in Covered the pocket, sack possibly. right, and being able to climb into the pocket. Understand that it's a seven-step drop. You know, he did a great job, and I think it's a lot of positives that you'll be able to, to pull from this game. It's never as bad as you think it is when you're watching on film, and it's just the difference between good being good and great. You know, this is a team in Buffalo that has aspirations of, of, of maybe representing the, the AFC in the Super Bowl, and the Jets, you know, want to compete for this division, but to do that, they're going to have to play a much cleaner ball game. And I think that maybe it just kind of snowballed for them early on, especially yeah. in that first half, right? I mean, you're down three touchdowns, you know, at the blink of a hat like that. You kind of wonder, boy, how's this happening? And you have to find ways right. to slow that momentum down, and they weren't making the plays to do so. You talked about Sam, and even by his own admission after the game yesterday, he said, yeah, there's some throws that I would like back. I have to do a better job. Right. You look at it from his standpoint, though. This is a guy, third year in the league. He has prim primarily his offensive line is brand new. Right. Two of his wide receivers out there, and Brashad Perryman and Chris Hogan, who he was throwing passes to, really had not spent a lot of time working with those guys, establishing the chemistry. That's important, and you would right. think that those are things that are going to work themselves out moving forward. But <laughs> I think the assessment after the yeah. game was important to know, like, hey, I could do better than this. They expect more from me than this. And I think that that's pretty good for him to own up to. Well, instead of pointing the finger, he pointed the thumb. And that's what you want from your uh, franchise quarterback, the future of your organization, the CEO of your, uh, of your organization, to take accountability and take ownership of what he did wrong, not so much point out what other people did wrong, but understanding the, the task at hand you know, and how difficult it was going against a team that doesn't give up big plays, that's been intact, that's running the same system, that doesn't have a lot of new pieces, we're able to take the next step and be able to just roll off day one. It's always, defense is always going to be ahead of offenses because it's not that hard to kind of put in elaborate blitzes and packages because the concepts are still the same. You know, but, you know, Sam going forward, not underst well, understanding that he's playing, he's throwing to receivers that he hasn't thrown to, so timing is off, the adjustments are. The receiver that he has to time, if you saw him show his maturity when he checked to the play, when he saw that the linebacker was mugged up, understanding that that guy's responsible for the third receiver. And the last thing that a guy that's mugged up, if he's not blitzing once, is to have somebody cross his face because he knows there may not be anybody on the other side. So he's going to be a little slow to the out. Sam checked to the out. Huge play for Crowder. You can tell that, you know, this is the first game for everybody because he almost got caught from behind. You're right. Listen, he got the pay dirt. And I think everybody knows exactly where they are from a physical standpoint, from a football conditioning standpoint. And everybody knows where they're at and they should know where they need to go. And that's what this week is all about. How do I get there? Because it takes a week or two weeks or maybe even the first half of the season to really, truly, truly get in football shape. And they missed the whole preseason. That's under normal up. circumstances. Under normal circumstances, yeah. And so this is a little bit off, certainly, and everybody's rolling with the punches here a little bit. Let's get more on yesterday's game. We'll check in with our pals Eric Allen, Jets senior reporter, and former Jet tight end Anthony Becht, also part of our pre- and post-game team on the radio. Take it away, guys. Welcome to the two-minute drill. Eric Allen inside the BetMGM studio, and I'm joined, as always, by Anthony Becht. Anthony, the Jets drop a 27-17 decision to the Buffalo Bills in their season opener. It's hard when you play any opponent and fall behind by 21 points out of the gate. Yeah, you're right. It's extremely hard. You, know, you have to be able to start games fast. You know, we talked about this uh, heading into the game is that, you know, the Jets had to have fine continuity. We expected to see a little more in the run game with the new offensive line. 
show their physicality up front and establish that to give Sam Darnold uh, an opportunity to kind of have some op opportunities down the field throwing the football. Again, when you fall down 21 nothing and you, you, you punt really three and out the first couple series of the games, you put yourself behind the eight ball. And in the NFL, it's hard to come back when you're down three touchdowns. Josh Allen is a unique weapon because what he can do on the ground, but also through the air. And also on the positive side of the ledger, the Jets did come up with a couple takeaways, and Marcus May was all over the place. You can make the argument that was his best professional game. Yeah, no question. He, he played fantastic in this football game. And you're right, there were turnovers in this game, certain points and scenarios where the team was given a chance that they could drum up some points on the offensive side. I think early on when you watch the defense, I think getting pressure to Josh Allen and making him uncomfortable was not there. And I expect this defense to bounce back, but there clearly was times in that game where they, they could have been in those right situations and made things better for themselves. We've come to expect big games from Jameson Crowder. And again, today he goes over 100 yards receiving at a 69-yard catch and run. What can the Jets, though, do on the outside for those guys Sam Darnold is playing with who are not named Jameson Crowder? Uh, you're right. Uh, Jameson Crowder did have a fantastic game. I think we thought he was really in control and did whatever he wanted in this football game, especially later on uh, when he made uh, some big plays down the field. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, the tight ends. You talk about outside. Well, you know, Chris Herndon and some of those other players are going to have to be able to, you know, be a bigger part of this offense. So, you know, getting those guys to football early, making them feel like, you know, they're engaged into that game and and, play, and calling those plays in certain situations so that, you know, you can build a little bit more of a momentum. So you got to be able to convert on third down. If you can't get the chains moving, guess what? You don't get another offensive play. So, you know, not having the ability to do that in the football game really just doesn't create a lot of opportunities for players that are on the field. You were a player. How quickly does this team have to turn the page? This is just one game, and you can't let this carry into next week. Well, you know, in New York City, everything gets compounded and piled on in a loss. So everybody knows that. But, you know, when you're a pro and you're a player, it's just one game, like you said. You turn the page quickly. You learn from your mistakes. You got a week to figure it out, and you get better from it. So everybody has room to improve. But, you know, getting a game under your belt is so key. No preseason, no offseason. I mean, look, this is, this is a moving, fluid situation. And I expect teams, not just the Jets, but everybody to be better in week two. So... Uh, I definitely see Sam and the crew playing and improving uh, into, into next week's game. Well said. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. You know, and they brought up Marcus Maybart. I mean, he was all over the field yesterday, and we knew going in that his responsibilities were going to change a little bit in yeah. this Greg Williams defense. He was going to have more freedom to roam around the field, playing in different levels of the defense. And you saw that in week one. He could really be primed for a big season. you got to be excited if you're a Jet fan. Absolutely. I've always said since I've been here, I thought that his skill set was superior. I thought he had the, the ability not only to, to be in the box and be a blitzer, but also you saw his ability to be, you know, playing cover four as he dropped one of the interceptions in the end zone. You know, and that's just all about getting timing and also getting your legs underneath you and seeing the ball and getting more um, acclimated to the defense and the different various positions that you're going to be because every place that he plays in has a different perspective and a different responsibility. But I thought he did well. He missed a couple of sacks early, early on, but then he made up for him and ended up with two. But he could have easily had four in an interception. That's how you, you go from good to great, like I say all the time. You know, he, we expect him to make those plays. I expect him to make those plays. 
and I think he's going to play a bigger role in this defense, the success of this defense as the season goes on. But he's going to have to get those hamstrings in shape. He's going to have to get himself in shape because whenever you blitz that many times, you're running full-out sprints while everybody else is jogging and going three-quarter speed because they never may be chasing. You may be on the other oh, side. Sure. Of, yeah, you might be on. You, you might you might be on the other side of the play, so you might have that. We call it the college jog. <laughs> when you're blitzing, you can't do that. You got to go 100 miles an hour because you're leaving guys on an island if you don't get the pay dirt. And that's the, we saw that expose itself on a couple of occasions in the game yesterday, right? Where you kind of over pursued a little bit, not just Marcus yeah. May, of course, but there were a few guys. And you have somebody back there like Josh Allen who has that mobility. You yeah. saw him break a couple of runs and. We keep coming back to no preseason games. Maybe that timing, that rhythm is slightly off, and then you left yourself in a vulnerable position, and off he goes with the football. I mean, what happens is you, you, you can try and simulate it in practice, but no matter what you say, you're not going to do it like you're doing it at game tempo. So it's important for you to practice at game tempo so you can know where your teammates are going to be. So you understand, okay, listen, if I get up the field and I'm outside and I see that it's color in every hole, I have to find a way, a point of entry. So I may have to stop as a, as a blitzer, retrace, and find a hole to, 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 to get in because if not, then that means two can block one. So those are all the little nuanced things that you have to kind of, you know, learn kind of on the fly, on the job training. And this is a new position for, uh, for, for Marcus to play. You know, trying to replace Jamal Adams and, and his productivity. You know, he's off to a great start. But, you know, these are some things that doesn't come natural to him because he hasn't been put in those situations, you know, a lot. At least in terms of Jets' tenure, he's now the elder right. statesman <laughs> of that secondary. So Grandpa. we'll see what else is in store for him this season. Inside the Jets is broadcast from the BetMGM studio. Place your football parlays, props, and futures bets at BetMGM Sports all season long. We're just getting started here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. When we come back, we'll talk to third-year Jets linebacker Neville Hewitt, get his thoughts on Sunday's game, and a look ahead to the home opener against the San Francisco 49ers. It's Dan Cross and Bart Scott, Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets. Dan Grassa and Bart Scott along with you. And it's time now to bring in our player guest. And our player guest segment is presented by EY Building a Better Working World. We're pleased to be joined by third-year Jets linebacker. He is Neville Hewitt, and he's nice enough to give us some time here on the show. Neville, it's Dan Grassa and Bart Scott. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How y'all doing? Maintaining. So now, first question, right? Backer to backer. No preseason, really no live bullets. How does the body feel today? That's sore. No, I'm sorry today. My legs, legs was dead last night when I got home. So they're going to come back. I'll get them back together by Wednesday. Well, absolutely. We know that's a lot of uh, cryotherapy and a lot of cold tub. Um, yesterday, you guys played a lot of snaps, man. Really struggled a little bit to get off the field on third down. You know, how do you guys rectify that? Did they show something? Did they give you guys something that you didn't expect? Or was it just Josh Allen, you know, being, doing what he does and using his legs to extend plays and get out of the pocket? Uh, I, think, I think a lot of, like, uh, we was undisciplined. Uh, we had a lot of penalties on third down. And then, um, I mean, they did a good job with, with their quarterback being able to, you know, extend plays and, and great, get first downs. You know, and, and a lot of that stuff, we was being ourselves. You know, had a lot of missed sacks, a lot of missed tackles, and then the penalties as well, you know, played a role. Now, have you had a chance to look at the film? Is that more about, you know, you guys not just really bringing your legs with you on the tackle, kind of letting your legs die and fall off, you know, because you guys haven't had live tackling taken to the ground or trying to hit with authority? 
Yeah, I think part of it is, you know, we haven't been able to have any live game and no preseason or anything like that. But, you know, that's no excuses. You know, professional athletes, you got to, you know, do your job, bring the guy down. Not a hamstring helper, right? We all know, like, when, when you start getting to, like, that play 40 <laughs> and play 50, those hamstrings get tight, man. How did you compensate and kind of use your mind opposed to using your body, understanding what they were trying to do? Because it seems like they were using your guys' aggression against you and really throwing a lot of screens and trying to, you know, understand that you guys were bringing pressure. But then it seemed like you guys suddenly kind of put eyes on. Did they, you guys go to a spy? Or what was the adjustments that you guys made at halftime to kind of slow them down? Uh, we just, you know, came together and just got got back to the game plan as far as, like, everybody just doing their job. And um, and just we, we came up with a little more energy after after the half, after halftime. We came with a little more energy, and, and, and guys was swarming to the ball. And I think they only had, they had, what, six points in the second half? Yeah. But we just got to find a way to start faster, you know, and execute. These games, these games without no fans, it's going to come down to who can execute their they stuff better than the other person talking with Neville we... talking yeah. with Neville Hewitt here on inside the Jets Dan Grassa and Bart Scott Neville you mentioned no fans what type of an adjustment was that for you out there out on the field I mean certainly you expect a certain atmosphere that's what you've grown accustomed to as an NFL player was that odd at all for you not having as many fans in that building no I mean it was different but I mean I've I, I played in Juco before so I'm used to not seeing <laughs> fans <laughs> I know what that's like already. So, like I said, that's when it comes down to like a live practice. It comes down to who's going to execute, you know, their game plan better. Now, we talk about, you know, no fans, also no crowd noise. Um, not an advantage for you to be um, getting off the ball for blitzes and things of that sort. But uh, how was the communication trying to decipher what they were saying, maybe picking up some of their coded language? How, how does that affect or how is that an advantage for you guys now that you're going to be able to understand the verbiage and the communication that the offense is having with each other? Maybe understanding what red means, white, Sunday, Monday, all those things. Are you guys starting to take some inventory? Because you're going to see those guys again, and they're going to have to change up the uh, verbiage. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think for both places, um, we can hear the checks and stuff. You know, we can hear when the quarterback is about to change it to the other side. Um, stuff like that and I'm pretty sure they can hear what we're saying as well so um, <laughs> all of that's going to come into play in the game too the, the, the chess match right the yeah. chess match now like you have some guys that, that stepped up I mean Cashman goes down early in the game you guys have to adjust you know how did that affect like maybe the communication trying to get some um Try and get some chemistry with Langley. I don't know how much you guys have played with each other, you know, um, in the in the in the um, you know preseason or I can't even say preseason during camp. How does that change the communication and maybe limit maybe also the the, the game plan and the playbook? Yeah, well, during the game they had I actually had moved to Will for a few plays when he first came in, and then I just got to the point where I was like, I told him, I said, I I tell you what, I'm gonna go back to Mike. <laughs> let me play fast. Let me play fast, man. You slowing me down too. Yeah, I said I'll let you know what to do. But um, Harvey, Harvey always comes. He's he's one of the linebackers that's probably in the in the best shape. You know, he came back. You know, he can run, and he was he played all special teams and still was out there flying around. You know, and he's a guy. That just once he knows what to do, he's gonna get it done. But uh, I, I know he's dead right now. <laughs> it's, it, it's not like you ever want the injuries to happen, Neville. Of course, but is it almost reassuring in the sense that you know if a couple of guys go down here early, you made a living off of that last year with all the guys that were out of the lineup, especially at your position there at linebacker, and you guys came together and did a really solid job. Does that give you some sort of confidence, knowing that hey, we've been down this road before and we did a good job? 
Yeah, definitely. But I mean, we down to like three linebackers right now. I think last year we had at least like four of us. Still. I got eligibility, baby. I got eligibility left. <laughs> they cut that check. That check right. I'll, I'll stretch it out. All right. <laughs> I want to be the backup. I want to be the experience. I want to be the backup, though. I, ain't, I don't really actually want to play. I just want to collect the check. Now, speaking of that, I mean, this week it only gets harder, right? You guys have a hell of an opponent in San Francisco 49ers. They're going to try and establish a run, but that's something that you guys would do well at. Um, you know, I know that you want to turn the page and you don't officially turn the page maybe till tomorrow and start thinking about the game plan, but how much football would, will you watch and how much do you learn from watching what the other teams are doing and kind of conceptually understand where the NFL is, what's going to be the flavor of the week, and how teams are going to try to win football games in this unpredictable climate. Yeah, for me, I'm big on film. Uh, I know some guys don't don't really like watching film. They just go out there and you know play the calls that are played. But for me, I like to know what you know what kind of runs I'm going to see. You know what kind of kind of what I'm going to see on first, second down. Where, where they're going to do it on the field, um, especially in, in the between the 40 and the, the minus 40 plus 40, the gadgets that may come up. Um, I like to see all that stuff and I want to see it today, tomorrow. And then once we get to Wednesday, working on, you know, first and second down, I want to already have a head start. So if I have a question, I want to already get an answer to it before we go to, you know, Thursday, third down and stuff like that. Hey, Neville, because you guys didn't travel at all during the preseason, there were no games or whatnot, this weekend was your first exposure to traveling in this new NFL COVID environment with all the protocols and safety measures. How do you think that went for you and for the team in general, now having to maybe do things a little bit more unorthodox than you're accustomed to when you're on the road? Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't that big of a difference. We had, you know, the plane scene was a little better, though. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Just more spread out? Yeah, it was more spread out. We had some more leg room. It was cool. <laughs> now, watching watching the game plan, man, and um, I thought Marcus May did a tremendous job in his new role as far as playing closer to the line of scrimmage. But he missed a couple of sacks, and you know, I think he understood that it, you got to be in tremendous shape to blitz as much as he's going to blitz. You know, uh, but it's all about chemistry, right? And that's what I want to talk about. You have, you know, you're you're behind McClendon and, and Henry Anderson and Quentin Williams. How are you guys trying to develop and speed up that that chemistry as far as being able to read off each other, and make sure that you see the runs the same way when you can fall back, when you can try and get over the top, understanding that they're going to be coming off double teams and all the nuanced things that you guys are doing, trying to really try and keep that chemistry going from what you did develop last year. Yeah, we, we as a defense, we, we usually meet um, Tuesday morning, just players only, and we'll watch um, we'll watch a game like the first half of one game, the second half of another game with the next team we're playing and kind of get a feel for what they're going to do and probably call a few plays and um, see how all of us see it in the room. And then, um, you know, we got we got a good, pretty good chemistry. That front seven for sure and, and, and a few guys on the back end. We got a few new corners that's in there now. But um, that front seven for sure, we got a, we got a pretty good feel of each other, how we, how we operate up front. Neville, we'll come right back here. We just want to take a quick time out here, but we want to ask you some more questions here if you'll hang tight on the program. Stan Gross and Bart Scott, it's Inside the Jets here at the Bet MGM Studios presented by EY. Building a better working world.
Welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Gross and Bart Scott with you, and we're joined by Jets linebacker Neville Hewitt. And our player guest segment is presented by EY, building a better working world. How fast, Neville, do you put yesterday's loss behind you? You know, how soon do you immediately look ahead to the next week's opponent? Uh, right now, I, I, don't, I watched the film. We done went over it with our coaches. It's, it's behind us until we play them again. So uh, it's on to it's on to San Fran now. Now you know when you when you look at San Fran, I'm sure you probably haven't really start breaking them down because you do deserve a day off. You have to take a day off to recoup. But we all know what challenges they present, and especially with that you know Cal Shanahan type of running style. Um, how important would it be this week? Do you think to just be able to be disciplined, understanding that they want you to step up to create those windows behind the linebackers to be able to throw the ball behind? You know, what, what type of challenges do you anticipate, you know, when you go against this 49ers offense? Um, I, I discipline, you know, we got to we got to really read our keys this week, you know, um, read the elephants on parade and, and, you know, just being being disciplined with our eyes and, and doing what we're supposed to do. Now, when you talk about you talk about Greg Williams defense, he's been able to make, uh, you know, do tremendous jobs with guys going down next year, last year and being able to to coach you guys up. You know, how exciting is it when you come in on game plan week, knowing that he's going to have some some nuance, some some really wrinkles in there for everybody, not knowing who's going to be the guy that's going to be featured in the defense? How exciting! What a blessing is it to play for a defense coordinator like Greg Williams? It's cool because it's you know sometimes you play for some defensive coordinators, and you know y'all may go through, y'all may have y'all calls that y'all went through all training camps, and y'all get to the season, and you know we putting in plays that we ain't never practiced before, you know, and he's not like that. Whatever we done went over in training camp and stuff, he may put that into the game plan for that weekend. Um, we already done practice it. We done execute that, executed that play. Everybody's comfortable with it and we know what we're doing. So that's the confidence that I like to have going into the week is knowing that no matter what, whoever we play against, we, the calls that we're playing, we played them before. It just, you know, adapting to whatever that team does. You know, Sunday's game, Neville, is technically the home opener, even though there aren't going to be fans in the stands. You know, you're not going to have the Pac JETS chance and all the craziness that comes with the home game experience there. But how do you guys think as a team collectively, you're still going to be able to feed off of some type of a home environment by playing the 49ers there on Sunday? I mean, it's our house. We, we play there. You know, they visiting, so we got to hold it down. Now, with that being said, they're coming all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast. How important is it for you guys to get off to a fast start and try and blitz them before they can kind of really realize that they get their bearings all together? It's very important, you know, that traveling make it make a difference, that time difference. So we definitely got to take advantage of that and start. We have to start fast. That's 10 o'clock in the morning. That's what their body clock is used to coming all the way from the West Coast. So a fast start certainly would probably be on the docket for you guys. You know, overall, when you look back at the performance in Buffalo again, Neville, you know, to, to draw back to that one again, do you think that the mistakes that you saw on film, do you think that those are easily correctable? Was it mental errors? Was it maybe just not really into the flow yet of a season? How would you characterize what you guys would like to clean up? Um, I just speak from the defense standpoint. Um, we we just was undisciplined. Um, we had we had a lot of penalties, and when it came down to third third down, we just didn't execute. And a lot of the stuff that we seen on film, 
beat is all of it's correctable. There's no one one or two plays that you can't really point out and say that, you know, this is the reason why we lost. It's just now you, you talk about, you know, early in the season, you know, legs were a little weary. How do you guys get your sea legs underneath you? Because it's a fine balance between trying to do extra conditioning, but also being able to try and recover, get your body the proper time to get back normal and get the soreness and the lactic acid out. So what would this week kind of look like for you? Would you try and do extra conditioning or would it be something that you're going to, I mean, it's almost tough, right? Because you, because of the pandemic, you can't go get your massage. You can't go sit in the cold tubs with the guys. You kind of got to try and do that yourself. What would this week look like for you leading up into this game as far as being able to recover, you know, from a physical standpoint and prepare at the same time? I'm definitely going to get that massage. Hazmat <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, suit massage. <laughs> hey, I got to. I got to get that massage. But that cold tub, even last week was huge. Like, because we practiced, our Wednesday practice was a lot longer than it has been. So that cold tub is huge. The cold tub, the um, rolling rolling out, and um, the, the Normatec. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the Normatec helped me out a lot too. So, and in sleep, you know, that's the best recovery. So, now, how, how do you how do you try to get this message? I mean, Makai Beckner had a, had a good game yesterday. I mean, but how do you try to grab some of these um, young guys, especially Ashton Davis? I don't know what he was thinking, man. He thought he was running the hurdles. You know, he, you know, he got Don BB. Yeah, he got, he got, he got Don BB yesterday, man. I'm sure he learned some lessons. But how do you try and tell these young guys? Because you guys are going to de depend on a lot of young players to try and, you know, grow up and mature and come, come of age. You know, whether it's Blesson or it's Mekhi Beckton, Davis. You know, how do you kind of relate and try and be like, you know, you're, this is your sixth season. How do you try and tell them how to be professionals or how to take care of themselves? Because, you know, when we were in our first and second year, we thought we were invincible. You know, I used to laugh all the time and hear, you know, I played with Dion. And, um, you know, he always said he never saw a cheetah stretch. But I, what he didn't realize, everybody wasn't a cheetah like he was. I was more like a hyena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's more so – me, I'm more of a, a lead-by-example type of guy. And a lot of guys been following following my lead. But um, as the season go on, I believe a lot of the guys will start catching on. And um, a, lot of guys, a lot of guys take um, the recovery part very, very um, serious. But I know one thing I've been paying attention to is on our back end, we having a lot of guys running free, and it, it, we could have it could have been a lot more touchdowns yesterday. Yeah. And I and I think I, that's something that I've seen that we need to get corrected. So um, I believe once once I get on the guys, you know, the older guys, the younger guys. We'll, we'll fall, in, fall in line with that. Was it tough, Neville? Because they always say, you know, on the practice field, it's always hard to duplicate that game speed, right, until the bullets are out there flying for real. So was that a little bit of an eye-opener for you once you were in that game situation after not having preseason and whatnot in August? Once that speed kicked up a little bit, was it a little bit of an adjustment for you guys, you think? That, that could be be part of it. That, like I was saying, like, yesterday was our first game of the year, you know. We had no preseason. You know, the scrimmage speed ain't even as fast as the game speed, you know. So we just – we got to adjust to it fast and get – and like uh, me, and, I think me and May was talking, we said we in practice we just have to go as, as hard as we can and, and start practice fast and then translate that and bring that to the game. 
now real life stuff. I'm looking at your beautiful canvas of your white walls behind, but I don't see no paintings and stuff like that. What people don't realize is that you move into your new places and things like that, and you still have to get things in order and stuff like that. Now, how do you how do you do that, and how do you find that balance? Or are you saying, you know what, no no shades, no furniture until <laughs> until bye week? <laughs> I got furniture stuff. I, I let my girl do all that stuff. I don't really. Uh, I don't need the TV hey, sometimes that I barely watch. Hey, you, you, hey, I tell you what, you better get that receipt. Make sure you know how much she's spending, man. You know, don't, <laughs> yeah. just get, don't just give the car. Don't just give the car. You're going to have some Versace sheets in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is your number three for you here with the Jets, Neville. And, you know, you're not really a, a vocal guy in the locker room. You know, you're kind of just understated to go about your business. Would you consider yourself more of a like a lead by example type of guy in this football team and on this defense? Yeah, I became more vocal. Um, just because that's that's what I have to do. You know, once you play Mike, you have to you have to speak. <laughs> so when I was playing well, I just came in, worked hard, played special teams, and you know the guys that was on special teams with me, they seen how I approached it and they followed. And now that I'm, I am, I've been the Mike last year and the Mike this year. Um, I, I, I speak a lot more, and I just try to encourage guys to make the plays that come to them because this opportunity is only this window is so small. You know, and you don't know what may happen today or tomorrow. And one day you'll be starting and one day you'll be cut, not here. So take advantage of the, of the opportunity. That's what I you You're going to watch a little Monday night football. You got the day off tomorrow. You're going to just free your mind from football completely. Or are you watching maybe a little bit of the two games that are on Monday night? I'll probably watch like the first series, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> and then probably turn it off. Well, Neville, we appreciate a couple of minutes as always, my friend. Best of luck against the 49ers coming up on Sunday and the rest of the season. We look forward to catching up with you again. Thanks for joining us, Neville. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, good, bro. All right, that's Neville Hewitt, Jets linebacker. And Inside the Jets is supported by Selective Insurance. Be uniquely insured. We still got a lot more to do here on Inside the Jets. Stick around. Presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grassa and Bart Scott alongside with you. We thank Neville Hewitt for spending some time with us, as always. And remember, Jets fans, you can watch Inside the Jets through the Jets app presented by BetMGM. Go to the App Store or Google Play now and search official New York Jets. So we got our first exposure to a lot of teams, of course, across the league there on Sunday. And, you know, first and foremost, just to keep it within the AFC East here, which Jets fans are <laughs> certainly considering, yeah. Patriots, life after Tom Brady, Cam Newton, at least for one day, yeah. you saw the old Cam Newton a little bit. He didn't look any worse for the wear. On the flip side, our old buddy Fitz threw a few up for grabs <laughs> with the interceptions. That's, that's life with Ryan Fitzpatrick comes with the territory. But yeah. at least for one afternoon, the Patriots made a statement saying, not so fast. We're right. still a good football team. Well, you know, Fitz Magic can be Fitz Tragic. That's you just right. never know which one. You, you know, he's <laughs> one of the most streaky quarterbacks in our league. Um, you know, we've seen that firsthand. You know, here in New York. But also, you know, you look at you know Cam Newton and you look at the adjustment and the evolution of the Patriots. You saw seven you know offensive linemen out there. You saw Cam you know running the ball in, in, in design runs, and you saw Josh McDaniels coming with design runs that you know he schemed up specifically for Cam Newton, putting all the receivers to the field, knowing that you have a nub backside, and just doing a cross block. It's just the simple things that you can do to utilize his skill set. Now, the question is, can he hold up? You know, he, he, he's a player that has missed two seasons because of injuries, and they're putting him in harm's way. That's the you question. Know, but, but they can use him as a rental car because at the end of the day, they're not paying anything for him, 
and we'll see if they're going to um, you know be able to invest in him long term. But he's playing, and he's playing like a man on a mission, you know, because he understands that he's playing for his future. This is a this is a pit stop for him, so to speak, unless the Patriots say, "Hey, you're going to be our long term con uh, player." And it's like, as a Jet fan, you're like, "Yes, no Tom Brady." Oh wow, Cam Newton. You know, so you're ho you're hoping that you know you know that. You're but you don't know if you're getting 2015 MVP. Cam is that well? You, that's you, a leap. You get you get you get spurt you get you get you get spurts of it. You mm -hmm. get you get you get glimpses of it. But he still doesn't have a lot of great receivers to throw to, you know. And, and with all that being said, he threw the ball 19 times, you know. So that that's you can tell that they were trying to stay within themselves. You know, what I mean, you 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 like to see that. You know, it, what I like that the NFL did is they had a lot of divisional games, very important games. And you saw, you know, the fact that a, a lot of the home teams were able to, to win. But uh, it's tough. But isn't that also the flip side of that? You bring up a good point, though, the way the scheduling went. A lot of division games, you're right. But the fact that you just jump right into it, yeah, you know, without tough. preseason. Yeah. And division games, they almost count for double, right? Because yeah. they're that much more important. So there's that risk-reward, as you said. You know, it's an important game right out of the gate. But are we truly in midseason form to play that oh, game? Oh, not at all. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of sloppy play. Um, it depends on what game you're watching. Um, I thought that, you know, you look at the, the opener between Houston Texans and, and Kansas City and bad, you know, climate. It wasn't a lot of procedure penalties and it wasn't a lot of, um, you know, sloppy play. It seems like, you know, the, the reigning MVP champions picked up right where they left off. I think some questions have happened in, in, in the Texans with, you know, what are we going to see? We saw DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> 14 oh. receptions, fresh off a new contract. You think contract. Houston regrets that trade at all? He had 14 receptions. The Texans' offensive receiving core had 13. It's incredible. So, so that's what I love. The storylines are back. And listen, we didn't know if we ever was going to get to this point. But we're here and we're able to, 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 to enjoy Monday Night Football, the tradition of which, what it is, the fact that we're going to have a doubleheader tonight. You know, it's like, it's like sports nirvana. Every time you turn on the TV, it's going to be something for everybody. And um, I think the NFL did a great job. You know, I was hesitant a little bit. I didn't think we would get here. But when you see the protocols that they put in place, you have to tip your hats off to the players for staying disciplined and doing the right things that they, that they have to be doing away from the building. And it's all going to be on their shoulders. You're right. Everybody's doing a good job. They reported Sunday morning, as a matter of fact. Every test that was taken came back negative, which is what you want to see. And we have a long way. We're just getting going here. Right. 16 more weeks after this, so you hope that that continues. You talk about the Seattle Seahawks, for example. That's where New England's going to play next here on a Sunday night. That should be a good game. <laughs> You're not going to have to deal with the 12s, though, on Sunday right, night right. for Cam Newton and company. But Russell Wilson was brilliant again yesterday down there in Atlanta. And I've said this many times, Bart. To me, Russell Wilson, he might not be the best quarterback in the NFL, but to me, he might be the most important. You take him off that Seahawks team, they go from a playoff team to, let's say, a middle-of-the-road mediocre club. He's that important to them. I mean, he's a force multiplier, like Tannenbaum used to always say. He's a guy that makes people around him better. And that's what great quarterbacks do. You saw Aaron Rodgers do the same thing. I know he was upset that they went out and got love and didn't go out and get him any new shiny new toys to throw to. He had a chip on his shoulder. But he, that's what had, he did. had a chip on his shoulder because right. he know he's on borrowed time. You know, the same thing make you laugh, make you cry. We saw, saw the same thing happen. To, to Brett Favre in that same uniform, and now he's kind of see history repeat itself. He understands he has maybe this season, maybe one more to try and get himself a championship in a Green Bay Packers uniform. So it's just like what you saw is you saw the teams that were intact, that had their same coordinators, that ha didn't have a lot of new players, pick off where they left off. The, the, the issue and in, in, in the, I guess, the intrigue is going to see, can some of these teams that we have high expectations for, you know, kind of, 
put their self in a microwave and, 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 and speed up the process. Accelerate the learning curve a right, little bit. Right, exactly, yeah. and we saw that with Tom Brady. How you about know? that? Starting fast, opening drive touchdown, then he threw a couple up for grabs. I, I don't want to say he looked his age, but there were times where you had to yeah. put it in perspective and say, he's that, not the that, same guy we that, saw for 20 years. That, that's the Patriot hating you right? a little bit because you saw Mike Evans, you saw Mike Evans give up on the route, so that was more communication. Now, you did see an errant throw where he threw the ball behind his Norris Jenkins, you know, jumped it, he threw the ball late. I think, you know, the timing is off for him. Um, I, I can't wait to see that um, second matchup between that team because you know it could be for the division. And then the Atlanta Falcons, I thought they were going to be much better. They still put up 450 yards of offense, but you expected them to be a little tougher on defense with Keanu Neal coming back. But I think, you know, you talk about the Baltimore Ravens, man, and you say that the rich get richer. Calais Campbell for a fifth-round pick. You know, you think about going to get Derek Wolf, then going to get Patrick Queen. You know, you can see the teams that put the chips all into the middle of the table and say, hey, we're going for it this year. Disappointed, so disappointed in OBJ and disappointed in yesterday? Baker Mayfield. Exactly. Play you talk about dropping the ball, and for, for a while, we've been making excuses for OBJ. He wasn't healthy last year. We've been making excuses for Baker Mayfield. I thought when they went out and they, they solidified the offensive line, going to get the best right tackle in free agency, and then going out and, and, and spending the first round draft pick on a left tackle, I thought I expected to see a much more competitive game. Well, the thing about that, too, and I, you know, I was talking about this this morning with, with Baker Mayfield, for example. Like, why do we still have to see Baker Mayfield in 500 commercials? Can you do something first in the <laughs> more NFL? More commercials than wins? You know what I'm saying? You got more commercials than wins with the progressive stuff. I mean, enough is enough. Baker's house, I don't need to see it anymore. Go out there and win some football <laughs> games. And Lamar Jackson, on the other side, he did a nice job of shaking off that poor playoff performance. I mean, he reminded you, hey, I'm still the MVP. But you know this world we live in, Bart. You're going to be judged when you're an exceptional talent, what you do on the biggest stage. So he's still got to get over that hurdle and right. win a playoff game and play well in January before I think people totally are fully all in on Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar Jackson can't exercise those ghosts until he gets to right. the point and get past the point in which he's been. You know, he's had, he has to get a playoff win. I think he's gathered some experience. But what I was impressed with, um, his, his completion percentage was well over 70, 80%. And you talk about Hollywood Brown putting on 20 pounds. That's what you want to see from your young players. You want to see the commitment in the offseason to plug the holes up that you had before. And Hollywood Brown looks ready and stout. And, um, you know, the Ravens look like a legitimate threat to the Kansas City Chiefs because, you know, when you get that matchup, you talk about their skill position players, but you talk about the Ravens going out and solidifying the defensive line because they got destroyed and manhandled at the hands of Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. But they've always had the skill position players. They have Jimmy Smith, who's an extra. You know, mm -hmm. he's not the starter, former first-round right. draft pick. You have Humphreys, who got an interception yesterday. And you got Marcus Peterson. Peters, the, the, the riverboat gambler, so to speak. He'll jump anything, right? So, that really transformed their defense when they got him midway through that last season. Exactly. And you talk about, you know, and we want to talk about culture. You, can, you, you, you talk about the Baltimore Ravens and what they were able to do, the decision to let Earl Thomas go. You know, what is that saying? That's saying that we'll eat this this salary cap because you're not good for our culture. And we Addition agree as a team. Right, and, and you understand that that hurts, right, because he is a borderline Hall of Famer. And I say this all the time. You can play for a lot of places. You just can't play here. And they made that decision. That speaks to the leadership there. And that's what you see around the NFL. You see great cultures around the NFL. And if somebody's not good for your culture, you got to be willing to root them out. You sound like you might have some experience with the Baltimore Ravens. You might know something about uh, that just, place. I've been with the Dirty Birds yeah, here and there. Yeah, I've, been, I've been known to, 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 to um, quote Allen Poe. What was the biggest surprise for you yesterday? Jacksonville winning a game and Gardner Minshew <laughs> only having one incompletion, which shocked me. Or number two, <laughs> 
How about Washington, which has had its tumultuous or had as tumultuous an offseason as maybe any club in the league, yeah. coming from behind and beating a division rival in their building? Well, I think it's a testament of uh, Riverboat Ryan, you know, Ryan Rivera. And, you know, they gave him the game ball. You know, he, he revealed that he's dealing with um, cancer, you know, skin cancer. Send him our best, yeah. Right, and, 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 and they played inspired, right? So, you know, you know, what you have to do is ignore the noise. I know sometimes it's hard to do here in New York and this media, but you have to ignore the noise and understand that the only opinions that matter are those within that locker room. It's not the man in the arena. It's those who play the game and those who put the work in. And you have to get that bunker mentality, and I think that's exactly what they did. You talk about eight sacks. You know, when would we think that we would see the Philadelphia Eagles struggle with the offensive line, which has been the strength. Marcus Peters, Lane Johnson, but you talk about the Redskins. I'm oh, sorry, they're missing Washington. two guys, right? Philadelphia, yeah, Brooks, Jason, and, Jason and, Peters. And, uh, I'm sorry, Dillard, Peters. Think about it. You're missing your two starters on the left side. Peters was supposed to play guard this year. They brought yeah. him back. He's like Old Man River, and yeah, now they, we yeah, kicked him back out to tackle. Yeah, they put more cheese on the taco, That's man. Right. Listen, I, I got to make sure that I say Washington, Washington, Washington. It's been so ingrained in my head. You know, I don't want to uh, offend anybody, uh, but I tell you what, you talk about Chase Young living up. To, to, to the billing and also Ryan Kerrigan becoming the all-time leading sack um, leader for that organization. You know, it's a tremendous honor and it's just a testament to his um, durability at 32 to still rang up 92 sacks for that organization. It's tremendous. And listen, you know, you talk, you talk, you, you, you talk about, you know, we don't know what this season's going to have for us. It's going to be stars born. And, you know, tonight's a big game between the Giants, Von Miller, no Von Miller, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight. I think we're in a great place, and I think the NFL took is picking up right where it left off. Went Joe Judge, first time. game as a Giants yeah. head coach, right? Ben Roethlisberger back after missing virtually the whole season. Is Tennessee going to prove they're for real after going to the championship game in Denver? All those weapons for Drew Locke should be a lot of fun, though. Yes, it will be. First episode in the books. The We're back with you next week here for another edition of Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. He's Bart Scott. I'm Dan Grassa. We'll talk to you again soon on Inside the Jets from the BetMGM studio.